on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. New Amazon ad formats are out for delivery. Google Ads is getting rid of similar audiences and trying to get us to replace them with something that's not similar at all. The show must go on. Twitter moves ahead after Elon's acquisition. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhelm. AKA Shop. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on November 4th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for a fabulous episode here in November. We are joined once again by the lovely Nicole Waddington. We don't get you on the show enough. I know. It's been so long. So you'll have to update our listeners on what is new with you. So I feel like I always have crazy neighbor stories and update since (laughs) I've been on the show. I've moved, but there's no shortage of action from the neighbors. So just to recap, you moved from the person that had the knife that was going from One of your neighbors was going at another neighbor with a knife, right? Something like that. I might have misinterpreted the story, but either way, there was a lot of stuff happening at the old place that I lived in. But (laughs) the new house we're in, um, the neighbor has a mobile deer processing trailer parked in the driveway. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, We moved during the summertime. So, and is that like processing is like gutting a deer? I'm assuming, yeah. (laughs) Like you hunt your deer and you bring it to this person's trailer. In the driveway. Yeah. And I haven't seen him move it since we moved into this house. And I was thinking to myself, I have never seen a deer come in and out of that trailer before. He must do such a horrible business. Who is using his processing services, right? Right. Well, the other day, I'm pulling into my driveway And I see out of the back of someone's truck, a deer being hauled from the truck into the trailer ready to be processed, right? And I go, oh, that's the first deer I've seen so far. And then I connected the dots. It's deer hunting season. That's why I didn't see any deer. Right. So this is like a full business next to your home. Outside, in the air. with In the suburbs. In the suburbs, yeah. How big is the van? I would say it's like the length of a like Ford F one fifty. Can just, you imagine how it, and it smells just, in there? I haven't smelled anything so far, but but it's just like a wood chipper for deer, basically, right? Probably, like just, yeah. I some, I've not, I haven't seen I haven't seen any action, but does, I have seen the deer. Do they drive to the people's houses and like drop it off? Why is it Why does it need to be mobile? I think he does do door service for this, but I, I can't think he needs to move. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bills played in Sunday Night Football this week. And naturally, well, actually, my husband was at the game, but it was exciting, like, to have the team there. So I was home with the toddler watching it. And I have, I had this idea, like, a year ago, but Carrie Underwood needs to rewrite the lyrics to that song and have a version on YouTube that, like, sends the babies to bed. Have I ever talked about this on the show? No. Because my daughter knows, like, you listen to Carrie Underwood, you go to bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've rewritten the lyrics to the song. I am so excited for this. <laughs> I really don't know if I can get through it. 
Okay. Do you need me to hum? No, you better. I don't think you could hum. All right. Okay, call me Carrie. Here we go. <clears throat> All right, Sunday night, where are you? You better be in bed if you're under age two. You want some football? That's too bad, it's true. Hey, Jack, it's a fact the show's back in town. But if you're a baby, you better lay heady, de- heady down. <laughs> These are great lyrics. Stadium's rocking. Time to crank up the sound. The NFL's best have come to play. But on the East Coast, it's time for small people to lay. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night to take a bath, brush my teeth, and turn off the light. So crawl in the bed and get tucked in tight. It's too late for you, so say good night. Don't you think we should do that? I think That's you need to get great. that recorded. Because it gets yeah. them all hyped up yeah. for the game, and then she's got to go to bed. We need an opposite effect. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. That's I, I have no words. Or just make the game earlier. It would be nice for everyone, including the moms. It was beautiful. Thank you. Can you top it? <clears throat> no. I, oh, I, the one thing I have to say, apparently a lot of caffeine is bad for you. I've had an intervention from Jill. Oh, you don't say. I, yeah, so I'm not going to give any of the pre-workout information until I get it vetted. I'm going to go into like deep reddit threads here but one thing that happened in my house i was cooking i was trying to maggie here at the office always has like meal preps i'm like it always has food looks so good and i'm like all i eat is mr tortilla and (laughs) so um i'm like i'm gonna meal prep this week and i'm i usually like grill stuff outside i kind of move my grill around i'm like you know what i'm just gonna deep fry this stuff so i start deep frying like all this chicken and i'm like yeah this is gonna look really good and i've got I'm keto, so I've got like cauliflower rice and all this stuff, and it's smoking. And I realized that my kids were like playing Legos or something, and the smoke alarm goes off because I have it right next to, like in my kitchen where you probably shouldn't have it. Better safe than sorry. I realized I didn't come upstairs, and I'm like, I go and I yell at him. I'm like, Hey, if you hear the smoke alarm go off, you need to come check it out like ASAP. And he's, they're like, I know you're cooking. I'm like, It doesn't matter. Come check it out and make sure there's not a fire. <laughs> So then I start cooking, I get done with the chicken, and I start dumping in frozen vegetables like an idiot into this oil, and it starts just on fire. And there's probably like two foot fire flames because I've got this oil in there, and it's like the fire is getting sucked through the the fan in the microwave, and the micro the fan's like making this noise. And there's like, so I take the pan, and you can't use water with an oil fire, so I've got this pan, and I just hold it out away from things so it doesn't burn anything and burn the cabinets down. And my daughter comes running up the stairs this time because the fire alarm went off again. And I've got this pan of fire and I don't know what to do with it because I didn't have the cap and I didn't want to spray. I've got fire extinguisher, but I didn't want to spray it all over and like ruin all this food that I'm preparing. And I was like, it'll go out. And it's like not going out. And she runs up the stairs. And she's like, daddy. And I'm like, this is why you come upstairs. And then I like ended up blowing it out and I gave it another minute. But. I think mine. I think my microwave is ruined. You're never gonna meal prep again. Never again. Never. It Isn't was that a waste the worst? Of time. It's and always... I forgot the meal today. You're kidding. No, I had to eat Mr. Tortilla again. You're, it's always when you're like trying to do something good that something like that would happen. I know. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's terrible. Condolences. <laughs> and getting into the news this week, we have a really big update here from Google Ads. Our ads liaison, Jenny Marvin, tweeted from her at ads liaison account on November 1st. She said, today we're announcing an update on similar audiences and a transition to a more durable audience solution. 
here's why we're making a change and a look at the timeline. And then she has a Twitter thread about the details. But by an update, she means they're getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah. It's not an update. <laughs> Ginny is like, I love her tweets because you can go there and cut out all the fluff. Like the Google Ads article was even worse. It was like, in today's uncertain times. I'm like, what is it, 2020 again? Like, I thought we got away from that. So then I go to Ginny's Twitter. You know, B plus this time. It's not an update. They're going away, which she gets to that. They're here. removing them. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, why? With the phasing out of third-party cookies, we're focusing on solutions such as optimized targeting, <clears throat> audience <laughs> expansion, and smart bidding that will continue to help you reach relevant audiences and directly optimize your goals in privacy-centric ways. And here's the timeline for this. She says, starting May 2023, new similar audience segments will no longer be generated in Google Ads and Display Video 360. Starting August 2023, existing similar audience segments will be removed. Historical reporting will still be available. So it's kind of rolling out like a lot of things they take away from us. At first, you're just not going to be able to add new ones. And then eventually in August, if you have them in your campaigns, they're just going to go away. Um, so again, for discovery, display, and video action campaigns, they are recommending optimized targeting, which Greg gagged at. Um, and they say these can help you find new and relevant audiences that are likely to convert without relying on third-party cookies. And then for video reacher consideration campaigns, they want you to use audience expansion. And they also talk about how you can use smart bidding and audience insights to reach your goals. The problem is none of these things are like directly replacing similar audiences. Like if you have a similar audience campaign working really well, you can't just be like, oh, no worries. I can use optimized targeting now and just replace it. Like it's going to change things for a lot of people who have similar audiences working really well in their account. So I'm glad they gave us this six months heads up, but could be rough out there for some people. Get testing now. Yeah, and the one thing that is a little bit sketchy here is it, this is reminiscent of what happened with the YouTube conversion targeting. It, well, if you have a YouTube campaign targeted for conversions, you won't be able to, down the road, use topics, placements, and keywords anymore. But instead of not being able to use them, they're just going to be removed from your campaign. Yeah, they, they're not saying, like, are you going to get a notification? Just removed. Which isn't great if you've got like a similar audience campaign and it's running and all of a sudden that's removed and now you're targeting the entire world. Yeah, that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. So I start making plans for how you're going to replace similar audiences in your account now, I guess is the heads up here. Greg, do you have news for us? Yes, I was wrong. Oh. Doesn't happen often, but I was <laughs> wrong. Elon Musk tweeted out on October 27th, the bird is freed. And apparently... He bought Twitter. I thought this was all a farce. I was wrong. And it kind of went down live while we were recording last week. With the, yeah, when he walked in with the sink. First I, he bought a sink. Yeah. Then he bought Twitter. <laughs> but I think the best article on it is from Nile Patel over on The Verge. And there's the name of the article is, Welcome to Hell, Elon. <laughs> and Nile says, it's just a mic drop on like how awesome he thinks it's going to be and what it, or how awesome he thinks it is and what it's really going to be. The, the article reads, you hecked up real good, kiddo. Twitter is a disaster clown car company that is successful despite itself. And there is no possible way to grow users and revenue without making a series of enormous compromises that will ultimately destroy your reputation and possibly cause grievous, grievous damage to your other companies. 
I say this with utter confidence because the problems with Twitter are not engineering problems. They are political problems. Twitter, the company, makes very little interesting technology. The tech stack is not the valuable asset. The asset is the user base. Hopelessly addicted politicians, reporters, celebrities, and other people who should know better, but keep posting anyway. You, you, Elon Musk, are addicted to Twitter. You're the asset. You just bought yourself for $44 billion. Wow. It was long, but I loved it. (laughs) And I think that's a really good summation of it. Obviously, with this purchase, he came in sort of guns blazing, and a lot of people have already left. So he, the folks that have either stepped down or been fired are CEO, CFO, the head uh, general counsel, head of legal policy. The CMO is, has left. I believe the CFO, uh, did I already say that? I already said that. Uh, the CPO left too. So all these people are leaving Twitter like now, and it seems like there's going to be more and more cuts as he now is like really invested with his net worth and his fortune into this one asset. So Mm -hmm. you would imagine he's going to make things very lean very quick. Probably a lot of good parking spots up for grabs with all those people leaving. (laughs) You would think so, except a Yahoo article, it's from Business Insider, so take it with a grain of salt. It says, Twitter staff have been told to work 84-hour weeks and managers slept at the office over the weekend as they (gasps) scrambled to meet Elon Musk's tight deadline. So maybe not as many parking spots as you would think. Oh my God. So apparently there are longer hours Again, seven days a week, 12-hour shifts to meet these these deadlines. I'll get to a few of them in a minute. But it seems like it's all systems go, I guess, there. Um, I'm not going to talk anything political. I think there's big political thing here, but just talking about moderation, accuracy, and what's going on. And for the record, I think Tesla's cool, but I think Elon Musk is a giant dick. And I don't like him, but I like his like cars and commitment to the world and that, but I, whatever. So anyway, there's a bunch of people saying that there was a rise in, in things slipping past moderation. Everything came out that there was nothing changed with moderation and that nobody that was suspended has been reinstated yet. So Elon goes on to say, Twitter will not, not allow anyone who is deplatformed for violating Twitter rules back on the platform until we have a clear process for doing so which will take at least a few more weeks. Twitter's Content Moderation Council will include representatives with widely divergent views, which will certainly include the civil rights community and groups who face hate-fueled violence. Then there's a list of some um, civil society leaders who he has talked about and may be on a board of some sort. So nobody's back yet. And then there are other people saying that there's now fact checks. There's an example of the White House where the White House said seniors are the biggest increase in their social security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. The note is given by people who are in this birdwatch platform. So if you're in birdwatch like I am, you can go through and say, this is true, this is false, this is whatever. Oh, that's... And it seems like Elon likes it. He said, the community notes feature is awesome. The goal is to make Twitter the most accurate source of information on earth without regard to political affiliation. Okay, everybody good on that? Any thoughts? comments nothing of value <laughs> okay so now here are some of the features that it seems like mr musk was is was going to or will be rolling out first up from the verge twitter is planning to start charging 20 dollars per month for verification jokes on you it's gonna be really expensive <laughs> everybody's up at arms about this and as a blue check mark myself i don't think this is the intent of what that's supposed to be 
I am all for him revising that. The the fact that I have a blue check mark is idiotic, right? And that there's like <laughs> actual humans out there that don't have one. That system is really broken, and I think it's good that he's going to address it. I don't think you should say, "Hey, to prove you're a reporter, you got to pay twenty yeah. bucks a month." That seems insane especially if that's like the only if you just pay 20 bucks and then like right. anyone can get it and there should be a processing fee like i don't have a problem like there should you could somebody has to go through and it confirm it's you say it's a hundred dollars and you're verified mm -hmm. for it and then the minute you change your name to something stupid then you lose your verification like that that would make sense to me twenty dollars a month for that doesn't make sense but there i guess there's more to it so then that price of 20 was initially set and then elon came out and said on Twitter, Twitter's current lords and peasants system for who has or who doesn't have a blue check mark is bull. Power to the people, blue for $8 a month. So now they're down $12. And that makes it sound like anyone could just pay $8 a month and get it. But you should be able to. If you say, this is my name, you put your driver's license in, you have a picture of yourself, you're verified that you're you, you should be able to get that. Yeah, but like, what if there's a celebrity, a non-celebrity named Kim Kardashian and, or like that Taylor Swift doppelganger changes her name to Taylor Swift and just out here confusing people? I like the idea of like real people, like celebs being verified. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So anyway... Elon then said it's price adjusted by country proportionate to purchasing power parity, which I like. And then additionally, it seems like it's going to be for Twitter blue. So you also get priority in replies. That is kind of worth it in and of itself. Mm -hmm. If you're a marketer, if you're anybody out there, if you're trying to boost. You're your a hustler. Appearance. Yeah, you're a hustler. You got some 10x something you're trying to sell. <laughs> uh, mentions in search, which is essential to defeat spams and scams, which again, if you're verified, you're paying money, you're probably not a bot. I get that. The ability to post long video and audio podcast episodes. You cannot have that two minute, 20 second timeline threshold now. Um, and you get half as many ads, which you just get rid of all the ads at that price. Um, and then he says, and paywall bypass for publishers willing to work with us. And then furthermore, which I like, he says, this will also give Twitter a revenue stream to reward content creators. And then just of note, he came in after he said all this a couple days later and said there will be a secondary tag below the name for someone who is a public figure, which is already the case for politicians. So I don't know how reaching that is, but it's nice to be like, this is an actual politician and you can't verify yourself with that name yeah. or something like that. So overall, I think it's all right. And then he put out another tweet earlier in the week and he said, to all complainers, please continue complaining, but it will cost $8. <laughs> <laughs> uh, out of all this, the thing that I enjoy is he uses Twitter. He likes Twitter. Mm -hmm. Nobody at Google Ads likes Google Ads <laughs> or cares about point. Google Ads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He loves Twitter. That thing about Welcome to Hell article He's is a troll. So true. He <laughs> loves it. He's tweeting so like I am optimistic that if if it doesn't turn into a cesspool, like he'll do a good job with it. I don't know. So and he's got a bunch of other tweets out there, whatever. So Matt Navarra it's got an article from Business Insider. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Business Insider has an agenda. It's probably incorrect. We're somehow more factually correct than Business Insider. But they say, newsrooms, mall, whether to pay for Twitter verification for the reporters. Insider asked 14 newsrooms whether to pick up the bill for the reporters' blue checks. And CNN gave a firm no. So that's not... Because you got to think about it. Like You're seeing all your reporters are going to have to pay $8 now. You've got, I don't know, 10,000 people 
probably not that much, but you know, bigger local, like advanced, you know, advanced internet or something like that might have it. I don't know. That's a lot of money yeah. to pay monthly, but whatever. So they're on the um, fence about it. This is going to go long, but it's important. So then it seems like also according to uh, chart our daily that if every verified user right now pays $8 per month, but nobody else, Twitter will generate $40 million a year. And if Twitter can convince 10% of their 229 million active users to pay $8 per month, they would generate $2 billion per year. It's probably not going to be 10%, but I can see a lot of people paying for that, especially if there's other features in there. Like mm -hmm. you get to be above everybody else in the comments and get more visibility. Like, Would you do it? I'm the wrong guy to ask. I pay $5 for to super follow Barry Schwartz and find out about his like yeah. dental appointments. That's like, I think that was his October update. <laughs> he went to the dentist. And yet you waited a long time to pay for Spotify. Yeah, I probably would pay it. Because if you can respond to somebody and get to the top of that, I think that's really good. And then we could also put our full episodes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, then you'd have to verify both accounts. Oh, man. 16 bucks. I, feel, I know what CNN's feeling now. <laughs> okay. A couple of features that he was talking about. He put out a poll saying, bring back Vine. Yes or no? 70% more yes. And also there's... What if this is how all the decisions are made? I, I like it. I don't hate it. Yeah. Like... If you use a Twitter poll to bring back a feature of something mm -hmm. you bought that was super successful and then you sunset it and then, hey, look, all this short video that TikTok's doing actually worked. I know it was not six seconds. Whatever. And then apparently there's going to be something called a paywalled video where the new feature could allow content creators to charge users a fee to view videos on the platform. Um, some people are talking about this. It's probably Business Insider um, that, <laughs> that it might be. Um, something that could com um, combat, or no, it's Washington Post, that could combat OnlyFans in a way. But I don't get it. Like, I, I, that's the thing. I don't get why you would have this and then you would still have super follows. Yeah. Why would you do some one video that you have to pay for and then you've got super follows? seems a little chaotic. But that's it. Yeah. There's you a lot of Twitter. chaos right now. <laughs> bought Twitter and uh, tweeting away. I wonder if this is the last time we'll talk about it. Probably not. No, we're probably going to have to do this at the beginning of every show for like the next three months. Looking forward to it. <laughs> 84 hours. It's been 84 hours a week on this. On our Discord channel, we have some news from Amazon. Amazon ads in their annual Unboxed conference announced some new ad platform features and formats. So first with the formats, we have a new rewarded sponsored display, which is where brands will be able to add an Amazon shopping credit directly into the sponsored display creative. So it looks like in this example, there's a hair care brand with an image and the price and rating, but it also says spend $20, get $5 Amazon credit. So that's kind of cool to incentivize people to purchase. Is Organico real brand name? Because I think it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Genius. Got good reviews. Yeah. There also are sponsored display for brands that don't sell on Amazon. So businesses that don't have verticals that sell like restaurants and hotels on Amazon, you can now use sponsored display. And wow. it's currently offered to all U.S. advertisers in a closed beta 
on Twitch. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Third thing is a sponsored display video creative, which will be on third-party sites like Twitch and Amazon itself. And then finally, digital signage ads. Um, So these are ads that are in Amazon's fresh stores. Brands can now purchase ads in the physical store signage and do it through their programmatic advertising platform. That's amazing. (laughs) This is crazy. That's so cool. That's really cool. I had to look up what an Amazon Fresh store was because there's no one's near us. Yeah, but they didn't. What about Whole Foods? Well, the Amazon Fresh, you don't even, there's no cashiers. You just pick stuff Mm -hmm. up and it knows what you bought. Yeah, they do that in Disney World too, but nobody's (laughs) talking about it. So they're they're making it available to people who don't sell on Amazon mm-hmm. and doing like real life ads, not yeah. just slick big announcement. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Um, and then they also have two new features for advertisers. So one is a sponsored products campaign with presets. So unfortunately, this reminded me a lot of Google Ads and how they talk about like designing for the advertiser. Um, So this is something where their platform will recommend campaign settings, including budgets, bidding, strategies, and um, help you, quote unquote, set up your campaign. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) And then the second one is performance recommendations. So these will look for any campaign tips and optimization um, that you can make when you start setting up your campaigns and give advertisers in the moment feedback to improve their performance. You know what Amazon ads people don't talk enough about? Do you have a Kindle? I used to. They like put ads on it all the time, like when your Kindle's closed and you're not reading it. Yes. And it'll be like totally steamy, like unrelated books (laughs) to anything I've ever read. And people are just like walking by my Kindle, like what? Who's this like hot firefighter on your device? They need to be more careful with that. From Google, there are new ways to find holiday deals. And according to a post on the keyword, you're going to like the beginning. It's not just in time for the holiday season. It is the holiday season is upon us. Yeah, because now it's like too late, you know? And many are getting into the quote shopping end quote spirit. Um, But Google is really diving into shopping, which we've talked about for the past three years. This is a really smart move by them. There are going to be new labels for coupons and promotions. So there'll be a GIF up and you can see, you can copy a code now right within Google Shopping. They're really pushing every example to use the um, prefix shop. If you're looking for something, this is like shop women's dresses. You'll see everything. You can hop in and you can just copy the code right there. That's pretty cool, especially with all the awesome stuff that they've doing with promotions and Merchant Center and then promotion assets in Google Ads. This is going to be pretty big. You can also compare deals side by side. I didn't see if you could do it with ads in organic. It looked like what they were doing were in the organic deals section in this example, but you can hop in and choose a few different products and you know see what one puffer code is versus another. And then you can get price insights as well. So that's going to say if something is a good value or bad value. I don't know exactly how they do that, but um, it looks like it's going to compare a product versus merchant prices. So I think as long as the product matches, you'll be able to see those prices, sort of like what you see with a, I don't know, Carvana or something like that. So um, pretty cool. And hopefully more people use this 
in shopping season because Google has actually invested quite a bit in their free shopping and, you know, you can now get in there even with just schema. So. Yeah. And I'm kind of worried about people this shopping season because I feel like everyone's just buying Taylor Swift tickets for the holidays instead of like their traditional shopping. So if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Sean Frank, the CEO of Ridge, Ridge Ridge.com, makers of the Ridge wallet. Sean says, I spend more than $50 million a year on ads. Google, Meta, Snap, TikTok, all get millions from me. None of them have ever said thank you or asked about my business. What the f*** are these employees doing? (laughs) This is like Sutton calling out Lisa Rinna about the tickets to the Elton John concert. Nicole and I said the same thing earlier. (laughs) That is a crazy take. All these people do is try to shake the the next nickel out of your pocket. It's just, yeah, it's funny. It's, It's ridiculous that like our clients send nicer gifts or acknowledge us in somebody that you're paying all this money to. It's a good point. I've never thought of it that way. They're just all so money hungry. Angela, I feel like the the reps, like I have clients who spend so much more than like other clients and the smaller spending clients, I have like a dedicated rep who's reaching out to me all the time and then the other people act like they've never heard of me. It's just very strange. I can't figure out like- They're trying to get the more, more money out of them, the smaller ones. I guess, but wouldn't you try to get more out of the people you know are spending more already? It just makes no sense to me. I don't know. You go into these meetings, especially Google ads, and it's like, it is like you're going into war to try to get things done. <laughs> it is like you're, you're, you have to fight for your, cl- it's, it's infuriate. It shouldn't be like that. And that's, again, one of the nice things about Elon and Twitter. It seems like he likes Twitter and wants it to work. It doesn't seem like he, he cares about the next quarter revenue. Now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people from Sean Frank. Ever heard of him? At Sean Ecom. He says, if you sell on Amazon, do this right now to protect yourself on Black Friday. Set an an order limit per, per SKU. Black hat sellers can go in on Thanksgiving and place a $5,000 unit order. Then they cancel, tying up your inventory all holiday. One little setting can save your sales. Okay, first, I would like to start off by saying thank you, Sean. Thank you. Second, I would like to say this is terrifying that somebody would do this. What is wrong with people? Well, I mean, it makes sense if you're in a category... You know, the same like, product, especially if you're get, if it's literally the same product you're getting from Alibaba. Or how something? do you sleep at night? On a pillow stuff, <laughs> not hundred dollar bills if they're that. <laughs> like, That's terrible. Thank you, Sean. Everyone should do this right now. No matter where you are on your SEO journey, we have the perfect SEO podcast for you. Wix's Serps Up podcast helps you separate SEO fact from fiction. So this is our favorite new podcast. It's hope hosted by Wix's Crystal Carter and Morty Oberstein, the dynamic duo. They are so fun, always shooting the heck together, but it's actually super, super helpful. And if you're trying to 
learn about SEO for the first time or if you're already a seasoned SEO pro and you're just looking to stay up with the news, this has got something for everyone. And more importantly, if you're like listening to me and like, I can't take this person's voice, Morty's voice is like butter. Mm -hmm. He is, and he's in this like host mode now. It is, I'm just like the whole time, I'm just jealous of how good the podcast sound and how well produced it is. It's really fun. Crystal's great too. Like I said last week, you can just hear her smiling. It's so wonderful. 100%. And they've always got great guests on the show. This week they were joined by Kevin Indig and they were talking about um, Google SERP features. Then they had an episode a couple weeks ago about Greg's favorite topic, link building. It's just got something for everyone. Tune into the show on the Wix SEO Learning Hub at wix.com slash SEO slash learn slash podcast or wherever you learn, you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the rest of what the Wix SEO Learning Hub has to offer at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. And just type in SERPs up podcast and your favorite podcast player. That's SERPs up podcast. Thank you, Wix. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. Getting into the paid news this week. Buckle up, people. There's a lot. We're going to try to fly through this together. Google Ads is breaking out their Ads Data Hub into two dedicated solutions. So there's going to be the Ads Data Hub for marketers and the Ads Data Hub for measurement partners. So with Ads Data Hub for marketers, advertisers and agency can seamlessly access insights into to better inform the way they purchase media. That sounds more like me than this next one. It says Ads Data Hub for measurement partners gives partners a new access point to provide YouTube measurement services on behalf of marketers, advertisers, agencies, or publishers. So there is a whole article up on this on the Google blog. If this applies to you, we will definitely have it in the show notes or newsletter, Discord, all the places. So check it out. And from power listener Diana Alina in our Marketing Clock Discord channel, she was poking around in LinkedIn ads when she selected the maximum number of images. It created five ads for her, she says, in just a few seconds. So she's like in the media or library, picked the images, and it just whipped up ads, which sounds really cool. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. It was a little buggy at first, but I think it'll ultimately be a good tool. And she has a tip. She says... Make sure to pay attention because you have to edit every ad with its specific UTM or they're all just going to use like the UTM for the first one you made. So seems like something they're still playing around with, but lots of potential there. And from Melissa L. Mackey at Beyond the Paid, she says, on a call with Google and they're pushing shifting to broad match hard, want us to eliminate exact and phrase over broad. No surprise there. And I bet they're not going to say thank you when you switch. And from Queen Jill Saskingales at Jill Saskingales on Twitter, she says, things you didn't know your Google rep could do for you part three. So this is a series she has about how to make your Google rep work harder for you. So she says, branding category strength. This BDICI analysis shows the best growth opportunities for your business by state and country. Ask your rep about it, but shh, you didn't hear it from me. How sad is that? She at one time worked at Google, helping. I think she was on smaller biz accounts, and you have to say she didn't hear it from me that we can actually help you. Well, I mean, I think they're gonna look at her Twitter now, but <laughs> I know, but it's still like that. I know they. It's like what Sean said. They don't want to help you. They don't care. It is sad, and what's sad about it is I feel like 
thank God for PPC chat. Like, I feel like sometimes you don't know what to ask your rep for until you've like had it for another client or somebody tells you about it. Like we just had an experience with a LinkedIn rep where we were able to get like competitor data from them, but we wouldn't have known to ask if we didn't have it for another client. So just got to talk to each other. And from Christina in our Discord community, you can join us at community.marketingoclock.com. She says, Google automatically created a YouTube channel subscription conversion action in my account sometime over the last week and set it to primary. Luckily, nobody subscribes to our YouTube channel. Ha. Huh? Can't relate. <laughs> but y'all might want to check. Didn't happen in your accounts. If you'd like to subscribe to us, youtube.marketingoclock.com. That's scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is not something you probably want in your primary action unless you're the Marketing O'Clock Google Ads account. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, please subscribe. Okay. PPC Greg tweeted a new feature in Google Ads um, in September. He said, first time seeing Google Ads auto-including performance insights annotation on the account performance dropdowns. You can always reply on that good old PPC Greg to give us an update. He said, after approximately two months, I'm not a fan. Really messes with the ability to look or hover over day-by-day -day differences. Okay, another big one here. Our, another update from Ginny, at, um, Ginny, our Google Ads liaison. So she wrote an article for Search Engine Journal called How to Get More Out of Search Terms Reporting in the Age of Privacy and Automation. Um, so she's basically talking about how two years ago, the Google policy team raised the privacy fresh threshold for search term reporting in Google Ads. If you were listening to our show at that time, you know we were very not quiet about it. Um, she notes that this happened six months before she joined the team, but she wanted to learn more about why right away. She says they did it for a good reason to protect user privacy, quote, preventing an individual search from being tied to a specific conversion. Then she gets into what Google is doing to try to help advertisers get more insights into what people are searching, even though we're working with far less data in the search term report. So first she talks about how they, quote, show terms that didn't lead to a click but had enough global search volumes to be included in the report. So we see some zero-click searches now. Um, and now they're introducing search terms insights to try to further help advertisers. And this is located on the insights page at the account and campaign level. And she says it covers search shopping and performance max campaigns and uses automation to increase transparency into search terms, driving traffic to your site in privacy safe ways. The groupings take all search terms into account, including those that aren't shown in the search terms report due to the privacy thresholds. Then she notes that the date range can only be adjusted from seven to 28 days, like hate that. What if you want more? Um, Quote, these insights are designed to help advertisers focus on broader intent-based themes rather than having to pour over individual queries. I Nobody would prefer this. the individual queries, Jenny. This is like only for giant brands. Yeah. This makes sense for. Um, Roy Steves chimed in from his at Roy Steves Twitter account. He said search turn insights and model conversions are both black boxes that are explained by nothing more than trust us. It's unavoidable, so be sure your strategies account for the difference between what you're trying to measure and what you're actually reading. It's Yeah, it's just not the same. We used to be able to see like almost every search term, like granular details, and now it's like data aggregated together by Google Ads, maybe based on only what they want us to see. It's not the same. Update from Julie Bacini. Salt J, I've got to open the tweet because my screen is small and I'm having just bud eyes today. 
So this is an email from a Google ads rep in part reading. As you may be aware by now, there are many changes that are happening in the digital marketing arena that require the advertisers to have the relevant upgrades done at a timely interval to avoid sudden drops in performance, which could have an impact on the return on ad spend. And this looks preset and it doesn't say interval. It said intervals. It doesn't even make sense. And like relevant upgrades done at timely intervals to avoid sudden drop in performance. Random words are bolded. I feel like it's an accident. (laughs) It's not good. Um, Julie says, this kind of BS is why PPC professionals get so mad with the current state of Google Ads support and the quarterly changing of reps. The threatening tone of this email is unacceptable. There are no upgrades? (laughs) Question mark, question mark. Like, what are you going to do to upgrade me? And here's what Google is going to say. We do not condone this type of messaging. We've talked to this specific rep. It's been handled and it will not happen again. And you know what I say? Only let Google people reach out to advertisers and this won't happen. You pay salespeople and the only way that they can make money to feed their families is to get people to do what you're pushing and they, I don't blame them. They're doing the best they can. You need to take that back and say, no, I'm not outsourcing to third parties. Let them use Google email addresses and say they're from Google. That's the only way to fix it. There's no other way to fix it other than to do that. And if you say it's handled, it is not handled. It will never be handled. You're making people pay, get paid to feed their families and have a living by getting them in these programs. And they don't want to be fired. They want to eat. You are doing this. And upgrade is such a dangerous word because it's going to be upgrade to broad match. Nothing is just always an upgrade across the board. And she made a good point that this could go to her client too, probably. Like that wouldn't be beneath them. It's just so much wasted time. And you got to talk to the client to say, there's no upgrades. And then you're out there, well, this came from Google. How do you know? How would you know more than Google? We're going to be here forever if I don't shut up. Microsoft Advertising is making some updates to their Pmax import tool. Basically, if your campaign um, uses a Merchant Center feed, it'll be imported as a local or shopping campaign. And if it doesn't use a Merchant Center feed, it'll be imported as a search campaign is how I'm reading this. If you want my advice, I just wouldn't do this. I I would... Just set it up yourself. There's like nothing in Pmax. It's not Pmax. What's the point of importing it? Um, but if you want to learn more, Barry Schwartz has an article about it on uh, Search Engine Roundtable. So check it out. Alfred Simon at Alfred Simon on Twitter. He says, in the, I can't even read this. Wait to hear this. In the new assets overview, parentheses, old extensions, if you change the view to assets and search, you can see the performance of the individual RSA elements. How long do you think he had to think about what to <laughs> with the word asset there? It isn't much, but it's getting better. This is something they promised when they made that announcement about assets, and it does seem better. Like they're breaking out the individual, quote, asset type, which is listed as description headline. It's like asset like yeah. asset groups in PMAX. It's not helpful if I can't find it. Yeah, and I, it's in every word means the same thing and also nothing at the same time. Miles McNair shared on LinkedIn that Google Ads is bribing bribing advertisers with a $300 ad credit if they auto-apply recommendations. So that's terrifying. 
Um, CNBC has an article called YouTube's shrinking ad business is an ominous, ominous sign. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> That's a really hard word. I don't know if I've ever had to say that. Out ominous? Loud. Ominous sign for the battered online ad market. No, so, it's not. It's because YouTube is is moronic and they're pushing people to premium and they're trying to not make ad revenue and they're moving things to shorts and they're not caring about creators and original content. Yeah, they have some other examples in here that might be a little ominous. I don't know. Um, so this is continuing the conversation we had last week about the general, this is a quote from the article, downward trajectory of the entire online advertising market. YouTube revenue declined for the first time since Google started reporting the division's earnings separately. Microsoft isn't looking good. Meta isn't looking good. Snap missed third qu quarter analyst estimates with a $1.13 in sales, which nobody's using Snapchat anymore. And Meta has an unusable ad platform. Like if you'd fix it, maybe it'd be better. Speaking of which, <laughs> Milo McMahon, Mahon, um, at Milo Outdoor Ecom tweeted, Metastop stock is taking a beating. As an advertising agency, we spent millions on the platform on behalf of ourselves and our clients. Here are three things Zuck and Co need to focus on to win back investors' hearts and minds. So number one is focus on advertisers. Number two is fix the technology. Good luck. <laughs> number three, he says, accelerate on-platform checkout adoption. So basically he's saying, Apple iOS 14 kind of ruined meta tracking for everyone. If they can get more people to actually check out on the ad platform, it would be better for them. And they've been really slow to try to pick that up. I think those are all good tips. Dario Zanoni at Dario Zanoni on Twitter says, I don't know who needs to see this, but in some Google ads account, it's, it's finally possible to add videos from YouTube directly in the asset library. Small improvement, but very welcome. Love it. And Derek Mullins at PPC Click Shark. This is kind of funny. He's in um, Keyword Planner and he's looking up Google branded terms <laughs> and all of the top of paid bid estimates for high range are $1,000 <laughs> exactly. But then the low range are like all over the place in single digit. Like, so yeah, five bucks, but you're under the top, <laughs> it's a thousand bucks. He says Google telling competition to buzz off. And then Greg retweeted and said, move over mesothelioma. I could say that one. <laughs> kind of. Move over paid. What's happening in organic? All right. We got our boy, Neil Mohan, at Neil Mohan on Twitter. And he says, we're now rolling out a new update that will split your video content into three separate tabs. A videos tab for long form videos only. A shorts tab for shorts only. And a live tab for past, current, and upcoming live streams. I love this. I wish that shorts were on a completely different subscription and way to move that over. This seems like they're realizing all of it in one spot isn't good. I hate it when you subscribe to a channel for the videos and then you get just all these little shorts announced notifications coming in. Hopefully there's something that you can like check off down the road too so you don't annoy all of your audience and have them unsubscribe or not get notifications. And it seemed like this was very well received. So this is great. It's gonna be in YouTube, as we mentioned, and from The Verge, they said, the problem was Hollywood, which largely had no interest in YouTube's idea. Companies preferred to build their own destinations rather than let some platform own the user experience. YouTube tried to partner with services, then tried to make its own content, then built a whole new cable replacement service in YouTube TV. Now with primetime channels, it appears to be getting what it always wanted. 
seems like there's some bumps in the road right now where if you are subscribed to one, it doesn't really translate into YouTube. You have to use a QR code, type in a URL, but this is a step in the right direction. You're keeping people into one location. You can say, come get your creator content here. Oh, also there's some pro content on TV and it's just letting people pick the best content. This is a smart, smart move. I dig it. All right, next up from Google, there is a post called Turn Insights into ROI with Google Analytics, which has nothing to do whatsoever with the article. The article <laughs> says, three years ago, we introduced Google Analytics 4. Was it three years ago? No. It does not seem It was 2021. Ago. Anyway, <clears throat> if you have a UA property, there's a new setup assistant that will auto make a GA property for you. If you haven't set one up yet, it will auto do that. You have to opt in and say, don't do that if you do not want one. And then they talk about behavioral modeling because there's going to be a lack of data and the behavioral model modeling will try to fill in those gaps. The thing that's always tough is it's behavioral modeling that we don't know the background information on. So what gets credit. That's what I don't like about some of the data-driven attribution is you can't actually see where it's from. And I don't necessarily trust Google saying that the conversion came from here instead of from Google ads, instead of this other touch point. So whatever. PPC Greg also follows up and says the universal analytics 360 property sunset date moved from October 1st, 2023 to July 1st, oh, 2024. Wow. So if you are a 360 user, you get the PAM for another year there and keep your data. <laughs> but no update on not 360? Which is why you know it's not really a privacy thing. Yeah. You know, like that's how I know. Because you can just keep it for another year, no problem. It's not, not privacy. And it's not sample data either. Like if you actually cared, you'd be like, hey, the one that's not sample data, the 360 data, that would be the one that we're going to cancel first. But instead they're like, oh, that's the one that people are paying a quarter million dollars a year for. Let's keep that one going and whatever. Interesting. Okay, so this is why I'm, I have to win Pro Google of the Year, okay. right? I have to this year. We'll mark it down. Okay, so Google, Barry Schwartz says, new Google business profile search menu is now rolling out. If you are, whatever is the stupid name of it, Google business profile, if you type in your name and you own it, you can now edit profile, read reviews, messages, and a whole bunch more right within the search engine results pages. From Mike Ryan Retail, on Twitter, he says, big news, a limited number of users are getting access to a new UI for Google Merchant Center. It appears to be a significant iteration on GMC, not just a cosmetic change. Thoughts and speculation. He goes on to say that it looks like Google wants to simplify it. He hopes that simplify is not a code word for reducing options and control. I hope not either. Amazon has a new benefit for its Prime members, which according to TechCrunch, they're like, it could lure some subscribers away from other services like Apple Music or Spotify. Spoiler alert, it's not going to. Um, but there is a full music catalog with 100 million songs instead of just the 2 million, million songs it had before. And some of the top podcasts on the service will be available without ads. Hmm. So, we should put marketing a playlist there. There's also a revamp where it will include podcast previews that will allow customers to listen to short clips as a way to discover new podcasts they may like. So maybe if we have access to it, we'll try it and see what happens. All right, from Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, a must follow in the marketing realm. He says that all of the speed up, uh, um, indicators within Google's algorithm are core web vitals now. The older page speed algorithms are not in use anymore. 
Uh, you need to fix your serious performance issues. So anything that was like that page experience signal, blah, 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 it's all core web vitals now. You can see everything there. Okay, from the influencermarketinghub.com, the information is in on the earning power of influencers. Over 50% of influencers make less than $10,000 in a year. What is, bum, bum, bum. What's their other job? Um, I think they just, you have to wait a few years for the money to start rolling in. Or they have, that's just side hustle. I don't How know. are you feeding your family? They're probably Google support reps sending threatening emails. <laughs> that's so sad. All right. Remix, a startup that is developing an open source web framework similar to Next.js has been bought by Shopify. It will hopefully help to bolster the storefront design. And according to Remix CEO Michael Jackson, they said that Remix will just beat it, beat it. No one wants to be defeated, showing how funky and strong your store is. It doesn't matter who's wrong or right, just beat it. Did you come up with that after my song? Yes. No, I didn't have it before. It wasn't very... I, I, I feel like I just... Nothing can hold like a, a yeah. candle to that. Who's a better singer? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> okay. And it will... Shopify is used across many different products. Um, from Search Engine Land and Barry Schwartz, Google is adding the Google Lens button to the homepage search box. That's the title of the article. The subtitle is Google rarely changes its desktop homepage, but today it did. He's the best. The best. We <laughs> love you, Barry. Okay. And YouTube is including health source information panels that help viewers identify videos from authoritative sources and health content shelves that highlight video from these sources. So there's an example about periods explained in the menstrual cycle Please stop. from Natalie Crawford, MD, <laughs> and a fertility doctor is explaining the menstrual cycle and how you can understand your hormones and your period. And it says from a licensed doctor under there. Natalie, why would you do this to me? She's a licensed doctor. You're so, not. <laughs> I know. I am not. But if I, if I want to start giving my energy, Nicole wants me to make TikToks about pre-workout reviews. I did. I did say that. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to look up caffeine facts before I start giving people mm -hmm. some bad health advice. And maybe Natalie has something for me there. You can also see something that says it's a channel with a licensed health professional if it's like a some like a actual business. Google is also adding online product highlights by expanding the use of pros and cons structured data. This comes from John Henshaw from Vimeo. I didn't know he switched from Paramount to Vimeo, but talks about the schema properties used for pros and cons and reviews. It's the positive notes and negative notes. They've been expanded for use with online products. Pretty cool. If you've got that, check it out over on Koi Wolf. He's got a good write-up there. Um, all right, and Google is planning a giant AI language model that's going to support the world's 1,000 most spoken languages, according to The Verge. Just don't use this in your web content because it might be considered spammy, automatically generated content that Google does not like. And back in April, John Mueller on a Webmaster Hangout clarifies that Google doesn't take into consideration how the AI writing tools are being used, that currently it's against all the Webmaster guidelines. So from our point of view, if we are willing to run across something like that, if the web spam team were to see it, they could see it as spam. 
But Google has already begun integrating these language models into products like Google Search, according to The Verge. While fending off criticism of the system's functionality, language models have a number of flaws, including a tendency to regurgitate harmful social biases like racism and xenophobia and an inability to parse language with human sensitivity. Google itself infamously fired its own researchers after they published a paper outlining these problems. From Glenn Cabe, he says, big heads up. If you've been struggling with the Favicon bug where Google stopped using your Favicon around September 18th, I have incredible news. The bug is fixed. Thank you, Glenn. Lily Ray has two sites that were negatively affected by the recent updates, the spam updates, definitions.net and abbreviations.com. Go follow her on Lily Ray NYC if you want more. You, you, there's tons that you can pick from over there. Oh, and speaking of picks, first losing week in a long time. I'm going to go this week with Houston plus 14, Jets. 12 and a half, Tennessee, 12 and a half, Buffalo Jets over 46, Rams, Bucks under 42 and a half, and Atlanta plus three and a half. I'm 23, 16 and one on the year. That's it in organic. What's happening in social? Did you get that, Nicole? Nicole? Those mean nothing to me, but <laughs> I hope you win. <laughs> All right. First up in social, Matt Navarro on Twitter, like many of us, noticed that Instagram had suspended or locked out a lot of users on Monday. He also added that many accounts were showing big drops in followers. So I like that he added a joke and tweeted, Elon Musk, we're going to change charge for verification. Mark Zuckerberg, hold my beer. And then he had edited out a screenshot of the suspensions that people were getting. And it said, you have 90 days to start paying the new $20 creator fee. I didn't know That's it was great. saying that. <laughs> TikTok unveiled TikTok Works, a research series made up of six separate measurement studies by the video creation platform's marketing science team and third-party partners. So David Cohen, Cohen on Adweek summed it up and said that TikTok says there are three key things to remember. TikTok is effective and efficient as a part of a marketer's media mix. Second, when launching new products, services, or brands, TikTok is growing is a growing source of discovery. And then finally, TikTok creative can deliver across multiple business objectives and performance is better when working in tandem with the platform's creative solutions and guidelines. So essentially, TikTok is patting itself on its back. Yeah. Have you ever purchased from a TikTok ad? I have not. Have you? No. <laughs> Pull our addresses, but like not from TikTok. We'll be getting some good pre-workout soon. I'm sure they have pre-workout ads. And more from TikTok. It's launched a new education program for marketers called TikTok Academy, which provides free video courses on how to make best use of the TikTok, TikTok for marketing. And this kind of seems similar to what Meta and Twitter do with their online courses. Um, so you can earn badges for completing modules that you can display on websites or on your LinkedIn profile. But of course, nothing beats actually following up on industry trends yourself and digging into the platform. Matt Navarra on Twitter also shared an article about how Snapchat is decreasing the amount of money paid to its influencers via their Spotlight program. So while Snapchat is lowering the amount that it's paying, it is noted that most creators are being paid more from Snapchat than other markets. And the minimum payout per spotlight will remain $250. We already know these influencers are struggling to put food on the table and you're going to take more money. Platforms are greedy. It ain't right. They don't have any more to give. <laughs> and from TechCrunch, Meta has announced the global expansion of its professional mode profile setting on Facebook to all creators. So Professional mode is designed to be used by creators looking to monetize their followings. 
Facebook began testing professional mode with select creators in December of 2021 and is now offering it to anyone on the platform. So just in case anyone's flocking to Facebook to become an influencer, <laughs> like multi-level marketing schemes, LuLaRue, LuLaRue. Beachbody. Yeah, lots of Beachbody. <clears throat> Trader Joe's moms. I had a friend request from someone I went to high school with that I like never spoke to. And I looked at her profile and it was like, Helping people re- attain a life, a healthy lifestyle. I'm like, not me, <laughs> not this person. Well, she should try professional mode. Yeah. And then some more Twitter news. It's been reported that a total of 13% of Twitter is not safe for work. So adult <laughs> content is one of the fastest growing subgenres of content for English speaking heavy users of Twitter, along with cryptocurrency. According to internal documents obtained by Reuters. So these documents, again, estimate that 13% of posts are not safe for work. Media such as nude photos and videos, pornography and explicit photos. So while the social media platform's traditionally successful areas of interest include news and sports, that has now declined. But it's unclear how the Twitter's not suitable for work Content regulations might change under Elon Musk. They yeah, well, put, he, he said he was working on an OnlyFans thing, wasn't he? Well, it's just yeah. paywalled video. Yeah. <clears throat> they should put Google <laughs> press releases under NSFW. <laughs> More news from TikTok. It's launching a standalone gaming channel, so users will be able to access the games via a button on the homepage, and it will feature a host of mobile games where ads can be served and users can pay for additional content, according to four people familiar with the plans. Meta informed publishers of its decision to end a curation contract with Upday shortly after a Press Gazette investigation aired concerned about working conditions on the Facebook News tab. So this aggregation tool is curated around the clock by a team of roughly 15 journalists, and the decision to pull investment from this product comes at a time when Meta is seeking to shift its focus away from news and towards short-form video. So Meta claims that news is no longer a priority for Facebook platform and its users. Matt Navarra on Twitter reported that TikTok will now let users add location tags to videos. So it seems like TikTok's really digging into that search engine feature. Yeah, I tagged my uh, daughter's Halloween video as Buckingham Palace. She was Queen Elizabeth II. Fake news. <laughs> I'm reporting you. And then finally, for social, another tweet from Matt Navarra. Telegram is testing pay-to-view posts. So Telegram, if you didn't know, was popular instant messaging platform similar to a WhatsApp. And that brings us to our real-life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. This isn't anything revolutionary, but working hard for me is when you're onboarding a client. Um, so I, all my work is PPC. When they have like really good content existing on their website and you can use it to educate yourself on the product in the industry, it is just so helpful. So don't overlook that. What about you, Nicole? Hardly working for me is unbounce A-B testing reporting. So Shep and I are on a client where we're testing multiple variations of landing pages and there's no easy way to export your A-B testing data. So we have someone helping us pull it manually every week. I can't believe I've been here every week and haven't used that. We've been (laughs) dealing with it for like two months. (laughs) It's terrible. Greg? 
And for me at Merchant Center, I love the ability to add promotions without having to put it into the feed as the promotion feed. You can go into Merchant Center, go to Marketing, and then Promotions, and you can put it across certain SKUs or your entire product set. Very nice feature in Merchant Center. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. And this week's Cool Tool was from Matt Navarra from Twitter. See who's verified on Twitter for $0 a month. Checkmate verified Twitter Chrome extension will reinstate blue ticks for all Twitter accounts confirmed as verified before Elon removed them from non-payment. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week is a back-to-back from Savvy Revenue. Andrew Lolk has an article called Black Friday, 15 Tips to Maximize Your Google Ads Performance. This actually came out a couple weeks ago, but it's still good if you're panicking. It does seem like there's people panicking out about there. You see what to do with your PPC performance from, um, for this year. You can review last year's performance, some ad writing tips, a keyword strategy on Black Friday, budget and bidding, display, what to do after Black Friday. So that's still there. And then at the end, I like that he said, too long, Andrew, what should I do? And goes, if you don't do anything else, I recommend you do these three things. Add a Black Friday sale to any ad. Add the promotion extension, and there is a Black Friday promotion extension, and double your budget. So check it out. It's a great article. Thank you, Andrew. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingonclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. I will be adding Karma by Taylor Swift. It is a bop. Shocking. Nicole? So before I say this, I'd like to point out that Shep is not the only Swifty here. I was in the uh, first 1% of streams for Taylor Swift Midnights when it came out. I'm proud of you. And I will be adding Midnight Rain by Taylor Swift. Greg? All right. And by Taylor Swift, I'll be... Oh, no. I'm going to pick <laughs> Step Aside by Goodbye June. Sorry I was adding my song. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. I don't know what's happening today. We have a new, we have a new segment. We're just going to say, Shep reads a life hack that's it and 20 bucks if you get through this life hack reading it it's something i saw on reddit i don't want 20 bucks i was like this life hack is shep i think it's valuable for all the listeners to know anybody mm-hmm. listening to this would be like this yeah. is they would think of shep <laughs> for better or for worse is this gonna have to be censored at all i don't think so it's in your slack right now if you'd like to just read a passage from the subreddit, are hacky life hacks, but switch it out with the word for poop. Okay, so let's read the passage. Shep, here we go. Okay, this is from user MeJ herself. Okay. Is that something that's going over my head right now? I don't no. get it. No. Okay. 
Catching mice in an alley goes. Wait, catching mice <laughs> in a really gross way. I can't even look. All right. This is gross and obviously not an actual thing you can plan. <laughs> but yesterday morning, my boyfriend threw up in a bucket. <laughs> we live in a rural forest. Oh, I hate how I said rural. <laughs> we live in a rural forest area where our water comes from a spring and flushing vomit down the toilet isn't exactly a viable option considering our water pressure sucks and it would take like five flushes. Oh, condolences. <laughs> So if any of us ever get sick into our bucket, that then gets dumped outside. Why would you live here? (laughs) (laughs) Environmentally friendly. I have a lot of questions. When he threw up yesterday, it was late at night and he he just put the bucket out on the deck without dumping it. When I went outside the next morning, I saw (laughs) it sitting there and picked it up to dump it. When doing so... (laughs) I saw there were five dead mice that had crawled in and drowned. <laughs> How much are you throwing up? What did you eat? <laughs> How is there enough liquid for five mice to drown? I'm crying. <laughs> I decided to leave it another day and see what happened. This morning, there were six more that had done the same. She did. Wait. How much liquid is in this man's stomach? Yeah, that's actually a good question because it says that the girlfriend dumped it and then left it out and then there were six. So there's clearly enough liquid to drown like Eleven. layers of mice. And you I know bet she I mean? wasn't picking the five out and leaving it there. Right. I feel like you just you dumped just the whole thing. Them. So there's got to be 11 at this point. Yeah. This seems like the start to like some <laughs> hecked up Spider-Man spinoff. Okay. Given that we live in a heavily forested area, mice are a huge problem for us, and we've tried non-poison or pet-safe as we have two cats and two dogs. I messed something up there. Uh, Trap out there. Nothing has ever worked this good. Of course, I'm dumping it now, but I'm honestly impressed and disgusted. TLDR, I caught more mice than ever before using a bucket of vomit. That is so (laughs) sick. What is wrong with you? Why do you live in the forest what are you eating? <laughs> Who has the capacity to drown 11 mice and whatever's in their stomach? Why did you make me read this? I just thought of you. Like, mm. you don't like mice. You like the environment. Maybe you would like this life hack. No. I would get out of the woods <laughs> and get some help. Well, Nicole said there should be extra money if you click on the link, but I would never say that <laughs> What is the link? It's, somebody it's, somebody replied in the thread. There's a picture. Oh, it's, it's just a, a, it's a video. video. I'm not watching. But it's not. No, it's not of this situation. Are there it's mice? just. Oh, there's lots. I'm not watching. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want. I don't even. I I can't believe I did this. I'm <laughs> I not, can't believe you made it through. But now you know how to catch mice if you ever see some in your house. Well, I was just calling Greg out because he left a glass of half drink Diet Coke sitting in our studio for probably a month, and there was a layer of mold on top, and I bet that would drown the mice too. It Life was hack. over there. We don't know. We it need security you. cameras. Tables. We got to get you. some security cameras in here now. I have my suspicions. I would never leave a glass of Diet Coke unfinished. That's a good point. I would never. Yeah. And you know what? There were no, no mice in there, though. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope we could teach you guys something today. <laughs> and I would like my $20 now. We'll see you next week. You're really good. <laughs>